welcome to the She Talks Health Podcast, your source for information about all things women's hormonal health. I'm your host, Sophie Shepard. I'm the founder of She Talks Health and the co-creator of the 12-week Empower Her group gut and hormone program. I'm a certified functional health coach and a holistic menstrual health educator. This podcast was created to give you clarity about how to take control over your hormonal health using safer, natural options. I created this podcast to cover the widespread and complex health issues plaguing women today. From the rise of infertility to the epidemically high numbers of women with autoimmune disease to menstrual cycle problems, digestive issues, anxiety, weight gain, food sensitivities, mental, emotional, and energetic imbalances, and so much more. If there's a topic that you need answered, I encourage you to write us at podcast at shetalkshealth.com and we will try our absolute best to cover that subject. My greatest mission in life is to help women radically change their health and their lives by teaching them how they can use their hormones as their superpowers. So with that in mind, I hope you enjoy today's episode. Welcome back, everybody, to the She Talks Health Podcast. This is your host, Sophie Shepard. I am so excited because I have another functional friend here with me today from the company Lived Nourished, and this is Hallie Brooks. She is incredible. She's overcome serious GI issues just like me, IBS and SIBO, so we're going to talk about that today, and we're also going to really, really talk about why you might be chronically exhausted and might not be for the reasons you think. Um, Hallie Brooke is the founder and CEO of Live Nourished. She is a certified functional medicine nutrition counselor, and she is a Fox 21 fitness and nutrition expert. She is pretty incredible. And I am so happy to have you on today's show. Hallie, welcome. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah. Yeah. I love to jam out and nerd out about all this (laughs) functional medicine stuff. (laughs) Heck yeah. And we have so much in common. It's fun. Yeah, we do. We really do. And and thank you so much for being a listener of the podcast too. That was cool to learn before we started recording that she actually listens to this podcast. (laughs) Well, tell us about, you know, your journey through IBS and SIBO because everyone's journey is just a little bit different. This audience has certainly heard my journey and we love to share your journey and how it led you to be industry professional in functional medicine. And also, I know you also have personal training in your background too. So tell us the story. Yeah, totally. So a little bit under 10 years ago, probably about eight years ago. Well, okay. Let's rewind a little bit more than that. So 20 years ago now I was a national level swimmer. My senior year, I like, couldn't even make the cut times. We couldn't figure out what was going on. I was way slower than I was ever before. And long story short, we basically ended up figuring out after the swim season is over, of course, that I had an allergy to gluten and dairy. I wasn't celiac, but I, yeah, I had developed an allergy to gluten and dairy. And so my body just wasn't functioning. So, you know, high level athlete, yeah. Had swum at incredibly high levels and now can't even qualify for the meet. Wow. Um, yeah. Oh my gosh. It's just, a, it's such a, I know this is only one step in your journey. Cause I can't even wait to hear the whole rest of your story <laughs> and it's just, but it's so amazing how the body can really just shut you down when it's inflamed. And when it's like, Nope, this is not working for me. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And I had the same yeah. sensitivity. So I'm so, uh, so what happened next? 
Yeah. So we didn't figure that out. We just finished the swim season and I was like, well, that was the worst senior year swim season ever. Like, I don't know what happened. Um, so kept going, still hadn't discovered these sensitivities. And then I started having super weird things happen. I started getting rashes on my eyelids, rashes on my elbows. My arms started going numb. That's a fun one because gluten is really high in B12, which for most people is really good. But for when you can't process it, it becomes a nerve toxin instead of a nerve lubricant. So my arms were going numb. Like I could still move them, but I couldn't feel them. It was like they had fallen asleep. So did all sorts of you need for swimming and like using your phone, typing, just life is like finger and hand movement. (laughs) Yeah. Sort of important. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So that was super weird. Went to a bunch of different doctors, saw chiropractors, thought maybe I had a nerve pinched ended up getting tested for all sorts of things. No. And everyone was like, you're fine. All your labs are normal. And I'm going, okay, but I'm not normal. (laughs) This is not okay. Ended up walking into a naturopath's office and she took one look at me and go, oh, you're allergic to gluten and dairy. We'll test you, but that's what's happening. I love those people. Well, now they're us, but (laughs) now we're those people. I totally. I love those people in our lives that were just like, oh, this is like my functional doctor did the same thing. He's like, no, you can't have gluten. You can't have dairy. These are all the other foods that you're probably sensitive because you have an autoimmune disease and we're going to fix your gut and then you're going to feel better. And it was like, oh, a plan. I'm not crazy. (laughs) 100%. Yes, totally. Yeah. So that was super helpful. So I cut all of that out and when for the most part back to normal, I was, I wasn't a high level athlete anymore. So that there was like some things that I didn't test, but I, my rashes went away and my arms got back to normal and I was good for probably another six years. And then Thanksgiving night, February, 2015, I didn't have any gluten. I didn't have any dairy, but I just got super sick, had the worst farts. I mean, it smelled like something crawled up inside me and like died and couldn't get out. It was absolutely horrible. Was like, completely exhausted, not functioning right. My rashes started coming back and I was going, I don't understand what happened. Like I didn't eat any gluten. I didn't eat any dairy. I've been doing this for six years. What the heck? And then I just didn't get better. So that was November it's February. And I'm still going like nothing has changed. I can eat chicken and lettuce and that's it. Sort of similar story. Like went back to doctors. Doctors are saying, yeah, you're normal. Saw a GI doctor. She said, you have IBS good luck. And I have since worked for a GI doctor, which was a really fascinating period in my career. And I asked that doctor, you know, like what is IBS? Cause that feels so wide and generic. And this GI, like very well-known doctor here in Colorado Springs goes, Oh, IBS is what we diagnose people with when we don't know what's wrong with them. And we don't have a drug to fix it. (laughs) I was like, Oh, oh yes. I feel so validated. Oh my so validated. I always say, and I know you, you listen to the podcast. So you probably heard me say this, but IBS is just like remove the eye and then you have your diagnosis. It's just, bullshit. Yeah. you know, it's just complete <laughs> bullshit. It's like That is so I'm stealing that. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone Ooh. says that. Yes. You should steal it because it's true. And like, I suffered with that for eight years it's yeah. like, and it's exactly that. It's like, we have no smoking gun. There's no med. It's similar with Hashimoto's. Like a lot of my clients will get really enraged. Why did my doctor not run a full thyroid panel and diagnose with Hashimoto's? It's like, well, because there's no drug to fix Hashimoto's. Like it's the same thing. And the qualifier is low TSH. So it's just a different tool set. And we just, mm-hmm. we have to move past it, I think too, because holding on to that frustration at our doctors is also super toxic. So, yeah, um, super but toxic. I hear you, I've been there and oh gosh, yeah. yeah got the terrible. spiel. <laughs> yeah. Terrible. And it's like, it's really not our doctor's fault. Western medicine is so important and 
absolutely crucial. And Western medicine doctors are trained to see a problem and have a pill to prescribe it. Like they studied for eight years to know the whole list of pills. So it's just the lens that they wear. Like it's not their fault. They just don't know. It's just sometimes Um, that toolbox. I always say it's just sometimes that toolbox works and is the right tool has the right tools. And sometimes it's not, and sometimes it's something different, you know? Yeah. Totally. So that's, that's my like future. Now I know that IBS is BS, but then I didn't know. And I, all my doctors told me I was normal and I was like, I don't know what to do. So I I sort of stumbled into functional medicine, just looking for answers. Like I'm not okay. And I need to figure out what that is. So I found gut permeability and leaky gut and went, oh my gosh, I think I can do that. And then, you know, the whole thing with FODMAPs, FODMAPs make SIBO worse, even though they're really, really good foods and what everyone else should be eating. And that was exactly what I was experiencing. I would eat kale, which is supposed to be so good. And it would just blow me up. And then I would eat pasta, which is supposed to be horrible for me. And I would be fine anyway. Classic. (laughs) Yeah. Super classic. So sort of stumbled my way in and kind of like figured it out on my own, what to eat and what not to eat. And through that process healed my own gut, found some supplements that help work as a mucosal barrier, totally hundred percent self-taught. And then I left teaching, started personal training and all my personal training clients are going, why is nobody telling us these things that you're telling us? And I went, nobody's telling you these things because nobody knows them. So then I went back to school, went back to Institute for Functional Medicine got that degree, sat for boards and here we are. But yeah, that's sort of the short version of that journey. (laughs) Amazing. Oh, I'm a fan of IFM. I think that's a great school. I didn't go to IFM. I went to FDN, but I looked at IFM and I thought, wow, this is like really great as well. And yeah, now we're yeah. here. Now we're here we're and here. we're doing the good work. And that is the most important part. <laughs> yes. A hundred percent. Yeah. Well, amazing. Thank you for sharing your story with us. I also had the, uh, salad reaction, you know, like yeah. you a salad and you're like, Hmm, this isn't working, which kind of leads <laughs> us into like our main topic, which, you know, I yeah. know a, a big thing of something that you like to talk about is like burgers or salads, which one is better. Mm-hmm. And that, and like, I think that kind of plays into why why people are chronically exhausted. So let's yep. talk about your thoughts on why people are so exhausted and why I'm guessing that the burger is the better choice than the salad. <laughs> burger is the better choice than the salad. Not always, but sometimes. Sometimes. Yeah. One of the things, so I'll, t- I'll hit the chronically exhausted, but before that, one of the things that we teach at Live Nourished all the time is I want all of my clients to leave working with us being able to make nourishing choices 100% of the time. And I tell people that when they first start working with us and they go, but I don't want to run and eat a salad every day. And I go, exactly. <laughs> That's what we're going for. I had, um, it's so funny that you just said that. Cause I have this girl that just started with me and we had our kick- kickoff session and she was like, you know, I know I should be working out like two hours a day. I do the hit class. And then mm-hmm. I'm like, maybe I'll do the spin. And I was like, okay, I'm going to need <laughs> you to work out for 30 minutes max. Do mm-hmm. weight bearing exercise. Yeah. And yep. go for a walk. That's what I need you to do. She's like, I've never had anyone tell me to do less exercise. I was like, well, welcome to the shield experience. We do things differently. Here. Yeah, totally. Oh <laughs> welcome to functional. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, my God. Totally. I love that though. Like, yeah, what a great little, you know, I want, I want you to make nourish decisions all the time and uh, mm-hmm. so good. Okay. Keep, keep yeah. going. I'm loving this. Keep going. Yeah. <laughs> and on that point, like sometimes taking a nap is a nor- more nourishing choice than going to the gym. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Sometimes 100%. eating a, yeah. Eating a burger and fries and touching in with that connection to connection to fun connection to family connection to tradition connection to celebration. That is actually a more nourishing choice than eating a salad and guilting yourself. 
So that's huge. And that's probably like a whole nother podcast, but leads us into the chronic fatigue piece of chronic fatigue is both a very complex set of symptoms. And it's also absolutely not rocket science. Like it's really pretty simple. And there's a lot of things that cause chronic fatigue. One of the things you just mentioned is overworking out when like working out is a stressor on your system. So it puts cortisol into your body. It's a good stress, but if we already have stress that's so high, then we add cortisol to the system. And now we're actually taxing your adrenal glands. You know, all this way more than we possibly can sustain. And then we add that into, you know, the fight or flight is how we are designed as human beings, but our bodies don't know the difference between fight or flight of running away from a saber tooth tiger and the fight or flight of the stress and cortisol response that opening our emails causes. Um, and we actually have studies that opening your email raises your heart rate. I read that and I was like, no, it doesn't. And so I just started kind of paying attention to myself. And every time I opened my email, I was like, boop, 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 boop. it's like, oh, oh yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. It's huge. I like my fiance last night was like checking his email at 10 30. I was like, stop it. <laughs> what are you doing? Stop checking. Because yeah, I mean, and we live in a society where especially I think one of the kind of societal downfalls from COVID has mm-hmm. been because things are remote that there's like, oh, you're always available. And I think it's kind of interesting if you think about it at a macro level as us entrepreneurs have to monitor and put boundaries on our email and our texting mm-hmm. and our Instagram and our all the things, our client response time, all that stuff, we have to put boundaries or we'll burn ourselves out. And I think what's happening is that we have a group of most Americans and probably all people around the world who are now having to work from home and police their own boundaries and feel as though, because probably they've been put under a lot of pressure, like I have to respond within an hour, which is just an unrealistic expectation for human beings to be on electronics that much. I think the number one thing I see from clients is like the opening up the email. Yes. But it's the expectation of the type of achiever that they need to be, uh, the type of things mm-hmm. that they are expected to get done, the type a, the good girl personality, all yep. these different things that we fall into that really drive that cortisol to a place that is in detriment to our body. And that can lead to that chronic fatigue. So, yeah. Yeah. I just so agree with you on that. I think it, we're kind of set up for for failure there. And then we're like, and then we're going to the coffee and we're like, let's. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. That's exactly where I was yeah. going to go. So now we're super stressed. So now we're tired and now we're going to medicate that with yeah. an adrenal. Um, I have a friend who calls coffee liquid adrenal failure. I was like, that's funny, um, but it really is. So now we're already tired. Now we medicate that instead of actually bringing our stress level down. And now we start adding inflammation from leaky gut because 90% of Americans eat the standard American diet or the sad diet, which is just sad. So now we have inflammation. So now our body is constantly fighting. This is one of my favorite things. So stop me if you've already talked about this, but our gut lining is only one cell thick. Mm-hmm. Crazy. If you think about the skin on your hand, it's 30 cells thick. Yeah. So we have our gut lining is one cell thick. We're putting hot Cheetos and <laughs> whatever else we put in there. It's not rocket science to figure out we're going to have some holes in there. So now we have bacteria and food particles leaking out that our immune system is now attacking like a virus and people go, well, you know, I eat McDonald's and then I feel exhausted. And I go, yeah, it's because your body is attacking that McDonald's. Like it would attack a virus. How do you feel when you have a cold? Well, I feel exhausted all the time. 
okay, so you're eating junk. three. Yeah. You're eating junk three times a day. Your body's attacking that like a virus. Your body thinks you have a virus 24 seven. Like no wonder you're tired. What's the solution. We have to repair that gut lining so that it's, you don't have stuff leaking out into your body. Your body is no longer attacking stuff like a virus three times a day or more if you're eating snacks. So yeah, those pieces in combination, we just have zombies walking around all the time. Absolutely. And I think you, you found your mucosal barrier support supplement and that is so valuable. And I kind of explain it like you're in medieval times and you have a a fortress that you're trying to protect Mm -hmm. and like the McDonald's and the, and the Cheez-Its and the whatever's and the sugars, they're, they're kind of like the cannonballs coming and they're breaking down your, your castle wall. And it's like, well, you've got to repair that wall. So you're not prone to attack, but you also have to stop the incoming assault, right? Which is why we always think about, well, what is something that we could add in? And then I think what happens is we think, oh, well, I just have to eat salads. And it's like, wait a second. Nope. We need to give ourselves nutrients. So let's, let's talk about what could be a nourishing choice when it comes to food that we're eating and why you might find something like a burger to be more helpful sometimes than a salad. Like why, what's the reasoning for you behind that? So burger versus salad, there's really two reasons. The first reason is we have to think about the four categories of food. That's a huge thing we talk about in functional medicine. So those four categories are energy, which is calories in calories out, right? That's what the whole diet industry focus on. Then we have information, which is the chemical response that your body has to food varies based on the food that you put it in. So really obvious difference. You put broccoli in your body processes that as a food, you're getting all the micronutrients out. You put diet Coke in your body receives that fake sugar as a foreign invader, doesn't process it as food, which is why it's calorie free. And here, here we are giving our body totally different information. So there's energy information. Then there's medicine, which is what we do. Food as medicine food is the fastest way to heal yourself or the slowest way to kill yourself. Um, But then there's connection, which we touched on a little bit, but that connection is so important. And that's where so many people completely bail on their whole diet journey. You know, they go to their friend's house and it's their birthday and they have a piece of cake to celebrate that friend's birthday. And then they guilt themselves for the next 72 hours about eating that cake, which actually causes more harm to their body than just eating the cake. So there's that piece of food is connection. And it's so important to honor food as connection and using food as connection is a nourishing choice. So I say burger yes. fries because I love burgers. I think they're <laughs> delicious. Yum, um, and when I want to <laughs> celebrate, like, where am I going to go? I'm going to go to a burger and fries. Am I eating a burger and fries every, every day? day? No, I'm probably having it three times a month but that's important. And then the other piece is we also have to look at food, both from like a micronutrient and a macronutrient perspective. If all we're eating is salad all the time, every day, one, we're not getting nearly the variety that we need. We're not getting the macronutrient profile that we need. We're very likely not getting the fat that we need. And fat is so crucial. The whole fat-free thing from the eighties is one of the worst things we have ever done. I'm, you guys can't race. see me, but I'm rolling my eyes. As I also <laughs> yesterday recorded a solo episode about low estrogen. And I was like, have low estrogen? Are you eating fat? Because if you're not, then you're not building any sex hormones. You yeah. need to eat fat. Eat some fat. <laughs> eat some fat. Fat does not make fat. Sugar makes fat. So yes. oh. yeah, we have to have fat. And so, so even the fat and animal protein, obviously, you know, like if we're going to bake, do 
a McDonald's burger versus an avocado, probably the avocado is the better choice. But if we're going to talk about really good grass-fed, whole grain, that kind of meat, that actually is a really good choice. Meat has vitamin B that we're not getting from most of our vegetables. Fun fact, that actually comes from bacteria. We now know instead of from meat, but like we have to have this whole well-rounded plate and the only quote diet that actually works is a balanced diet. We've tried all of them and there's nothing new under the sun. Like keto is just Atkins from however long ago. It's just renamed. It's not, it's not new. It's not different. It's the mm. same thing. Yeah. So those are sort of the two reasons we need like a burger and fries is a more nourishing choice. It's connection. And we need some of the things that are in, in those foods. Can we make a healthier fries choice? Yeah, we can do baked fries, you know, but anyway, that's sort of a rabbit trail. <laughs> I love the little burger and fries rabbit trail and I couldn't agree more. And I think going back to food is connection, you know, as humans, we are going to have emotions and when we store them, we don't process them. That's what is trauma. If we've consistently deprived ourselves of, of certain foods and connection, that is overwhelming for the nervous system. It gets stored there unless we process it. And if we never process that, that unresolved emotion, that is what leads to disease in the body. I mean, we just, we know that, right? So it's like some of the work that I'm getting into now is well past the functional like medicine kind of traditional thing. And it's really about releasing those stuck emotions and that subconscious mindset work. Because I think that fourth part, like what you said, food is connection is really, really important. And we're kind of living in this time of chronic stress. And we're like putting ourselves into these little boxes of like, oh, I have to eat a salad and I can't eat any meat. And I have to go to hit four times a week, like like an hour at a time. And no wonder everyone's sick. Like we're not making nourishing choices. I agree with you. I mean, gosh, the nutrition profile, if you look up the nutrients that are in a grass-fed burger, First of all, grass-fed, that means it's already going to be anti-inflammatory because they're eating grass. They're not eating a bunch of soy and wheat and corn and grains. Like that is actually going to be potentially more nourishing than, you know, some iceberg lettuce that doesn't have as much of a nutrition profile. But I think what you're saying is also balance, right? It's like, well, I'm not going to eat a burger every single day. Like there's the carnivore diet, right? That's out there right now. Yeah. Like, okay, it's yet another extreme. Like you said, it's also ridiculous. Also ridiculous. Like let's balance it out. Like let's find what works for us. And like you said, make a nourishing decision for you in this moment with the background and science of what's actually in your food. And I always say like, if you could hit, you know, your macros, like not count your macros, but like you can hit some protein, hit some fat, hit some fiber. You're generally going to be okay. If you can kind of stay out of like the processed foods and the sugars and trans fats and just kind of eat whole foods, it's generally going to be okay. And there's obviously tweaking there, but it's a rabbit hole. such a good rabbit hole to go down. <laughs> such a good rabbit hole. There's a lot of stuff down that rabbit hole. Yeah. And so I think like something that you said about, you know, food as inform as information, right? So if you are giving your body constantly the information of deprivation, then your yep. body will not create, for example, like I work a lot in hormones, like you're mm-hmm. not going to create adequate amounts of hormones. You're not going right. to metabolize your hormones. Then all of a sudden, huh? why do I have hot flashes? Why do I have like sagging skin? Why do I have all like period irregularity? It's like, well, yeah, because we didn't get the nutrients we needed because we're, you know, undernourished. Yep. Um, Totally. And then on the weight loss side with that, we're undernourished. And so we don't have enough food. And so our metabolism goes, and and now we're eating 800 calories a day and gaining weight. That's a problem. (laughs) 
yes. if you are on a calorie restricted diet and not losing weight or you're still gaining weight, there is an underlying problem that we seriously need to resolve. And it's not going to get fixed with calories. Like you can calorie count all day. You won't get there. Yes. Oh my yeah. God. Oh, so good. So good. <laughs> All right. So we've talked about like kind of making nourishing decisions, macro and micronutrient profiles. And we've talked about the underlying reasons for everyone being exhausted, basically chronic stress and overdoing everything and not eating enough. Yep. (laughs) Are there any other reason and leaky gut obviously as well. Are there any other underlying reasons that you see for chronic exhaustion or do we kind of summarize them all here? We hit most of them. The other one that I would say is just nutrient deficiencies. The big one that we see now, especially that seriously contributes to chronic fatigue is both magnesium and vitamin B. Um, Yeah. Magnesium. We should be getting that from our food, but even really good high quality organic food, the magnesium that was in it 10 years ago is five times the magnesium that's in it now. And so even if you're eating a good whole food diet, five, you five times less. Yeah. Five, <laughs> Not five, five times. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. Yep. Five times less. Like you, you cannot get enough magnesium, even if you are eating absolutely perfectly, which we're humans and none of us do. Um, and, yeah, and if we're trying to eat hundred percent perfectly, there's no such thing. And we're probably driving ourselves crazy exactly, <laughs> and stressing ourselves out and leading to cortisol, which then leads to leaky gut. And then we talk about the chronic fatigue. <laughs> yep. And then we're right back in that circle. Um, yeah. So that's a huge one is magnesium because it's responsible for 300 plus functions in our body and we just don't have enough. So getting people magnesium both helps them sleep better, which helps them have more energy and it helps their mitochondria, which are our little energy producers of our cells. So that's a massive one. I'm not a believer in a cabinet full of supplements. I don't think that's the way to go and not, but, and magnesium is one that we should all be taking because we just can't get enough. And then B12, this is my new one that I've learned probably in the last six months that I think is fascinating. We now studies show that five out of seven Americans, uh, are deficient in B12, which is interesting because we used to think that only vegans and vegetarians were deficient because we thought we got B12 from meat. Turns out we actually get B12 from bacteria that lives in the soil. So, um, the animals are eating that bacteria and then passing that on to us. But now because of industrial farming and all of that, that bacteria isn't even getting eaten by our animals. So we just don't have B12 and B12 is the number one thing that we need for energy. So when people are really struggling, I say, how's your B12? How's your magnesium junkie? Okay, cool. Let's fix those two things. And usually people are immediately feeling better. And then that gives us the bandwidth to make some of these bigger lifestyle changes like changing the way that we eat, changing the way that we think about stuff. But those, those two are huge. So leaky gut cortisol and chronic stress, and then B12 and magnesium are really, I would say the three main root causes of why people are exhausted all the time. So good. I love it. Yeah. I would, I would say so. And that's so interesting about the soil and the lack of B12. I don't think I've ever run can I say that? I'm trying to think, I don't know if I've ever gotten a set of blood chem back that hasn't had deficient B12. I don't think that so. doesn't surprise me yeah. at all. Yeah, no. Yeah. And I mean, obviously our ranges are optimal ranges, so they're not like medical ranges. They're going to be different, but like I was, I just got a B12 back that was like 200 
And just oh, no. for reference, I want it to be at 800. So I was <laughs> like, okay. And then of course, girlfriend had, you know, leaky gut. She had low stomach acid. She had parasites. And then of course, just the natural lack of B12 in our environment. And she was someone who was eating more of a vegetarian diet. So I was like, okay, yep. so we need to add some B12. Also, we need to work on your gut and that's yep. going to help you absorb those nutrients. Cause we know it's like not just what we eat, but how well we digest this and absorb it in yeah. our gut, um, which is part of why you were feeling so terrible when you had SIBO and IBS and me too. Uh-huh. Yeah. Cause uh-huh. I, I might've been putting good things in my, my, my body couldn't absorb it. So yeah, it was a moot point. Yes, yeah. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> So you talk a lot about like those two degree shifts people can make to impact their wellness. Can you talk about your philosophy behind that? And then maybe give us like a couple examples of things that might be two degree shifts that people can use and take away yeah. from this interview. Absolutely. The two degree shift is one of my favorite things. Cause I think for a couple of reasons, one in our fast paced social media culture, you know, we see like the before and after, and we think, oh, that happened in, in a week. No, no, that happened in a three-year period. So two degree shifts help us kind of get back to this. It took us four years to get here. It's going to take us some time to get out, but then also they make it super grabbable and practical for people to make these shifts. So a two degree shift is if you think about taking off sailing from say the United States and you're sailing in one direction, and then you change your tack by two degrees and you sail across the ocean, you end up on a different continent than you would have otherwise. And that is a really powerful thing. So two degree shifts are little teeny tiny micro shifts that you can make. And if you just keep doing them over time, you're going to end up in an amazing place. One of my favorites, one of my clients actually came up with this and I thought it was genius. She was struggling with exercise, didn't want to go to the gym, didn't want to do these things. And so she came up with the idea. She goes, well, what if I walk for six minutes a day? And I said, cool. Okay. Why six? She goes, well, five seems too short and 10 seems too long. I was like, six sounds great. She's like, okay, I'm going to walk for six minutes a day every single day. And that is, you know, for me to the end of my block and back absolutely doable. I can do that at 10 o'clock at night if I forgot to do it during the day. Um, and so she started doing that. She's now walked six minutes a day, I think for 500 something days in a row, hasn't missed a single day. And she goes, you know, a lot of the time that six minute turns into a 10 minute, 30 minute, 50 minute walk. And this woman was completely sedentary prior to this. And so going for a six minute walk every day, that's 600 times more movement than she had prior. And it's now turned into this lifestyle of she looks forward to her walk. So that's so tiny and so micro and moving consistently in that direction for 500 plus days. She now has less joint pain. She has less stress because walks calm her down. She's getting more movement. She's losing weight. She's building some muscle mass because she's not just sitting on her butt. And it's so so tiny. Other ones that I love are waking up in the morning and drinking 16 ounces of water before your feet hit the ground. It helps your body detox. It flushes through toxins. It helps your metabolism wake up. It's good for your gut and your digestion. And that's so easy, right? I just put a glass of water by my bed and when my alarm goes off, I drink it. Like this is not some massive, crazy overhaul. have to go to the grocery store and clean out my whole pantry. This is a little tiny micro shift that gets us gets us traction. Another one that I love, I could go on forever. So stop me. But another one that I love is trading out a glass of wine at night or a beer at night for uh, Pellegrino, just sparkling water with some lemon in it. Um, you've got minerals, you've got lemon, which is alkalizing. It still kind of feels like a treat. And you do that five out of seven nights a week. 
massive change. I've had people lose 10 pounds just by making that, that one single solitary change huge. So I can keep going forever. I have like a whole library, but, but those are are the little tiny, tiny, tiny things that if you make that little micro shift and then you just keep doing it, you end up in a totally different place. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. And, and sometimes we just need to do the little things first, especially uh-huh. like, I like what you said about the magnesium and B12. I find that minerals in the first month when I work with somebody, I'm like opening up their detox pathways. I'm getting them hydrated and I'm getting the right minerals into them. And yep. then we do the gut stuff and then we do yep. deeper mineral stuff and deeper work, but like, it's important to have quick wins. Um, mm-hmm. I also, believe that most people should be gluten-free since it causes leaky gut. So we try to work on that too. And that really helps a lot of people too. And those things alone, like it motivates you to keep going, like Mm -hmm. to keep feeling better. And then if you're not feeling hundred percent better from those small changes, you know, that there's just deeper work to do. And then that's where we come in and that's, then that's great. And I think when we can make these tiny little shifts and make them a lifestyle choice, like your client with the six minutes, then it sets us up for a lifetime of success of habit change. And that is huge. So I love this two degree shifts. This is so good. Thank you. (laughs) Cool. Well, is there anything that we didn't cover that you want to leave the listening audience with? (laughs) So much. I feel like you and I could talk for three weeks and not hit everything. Yeah. By the way, everybody, um, Hallie and I live an hour apart, so we're definitely going to be getting together and I know you wish you could be part of those conversations, but (laughs) yes. You'd be a fly on the wall. Totally. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I think if I leave, if I can leave anyone with anything, it's how can you start asking yourself the question, what am I nourishing and just get conscious of your choices? You know, you don't have to take your cookies out of your life to heal your body and get healthy. But when you're eating that cookie, what are you nourishing? Are you intentionally nourishing joy? Are you intentionally nourishing connection? Are you intentionally nourishing something or are you just putting a cookie in your face because it's there um, <laughs> yeah same thing like when you're going to work out what are you nourishing if you're not nourishing anything then you should probably like take a nap or go on a walk or a journal that one question if I could leave anybody with a question would be that mm-hmm. like what are you nourishing and can you start to get conscious of the 98 percent of the choices that you make subconsciously mm-hmm Oh, I love that. What are you nourishing? So good. Oh my gosh. Okay. Well, Hallie, how can people find you? Are there any like guides or websites or Instagrams or I don't know, other resources people can plug into? Like where do people find you? What resources do you have available? Tell us about that. Yeah, absolutely. So Instagram at live nourished coaching. We would love to have you follow us there. We post things all over the wellness spectrum, our website, www.livenourishedcoaching.com. You can book a free consult with us. If there's something that stuck out to you that you want to talk more about, we would love to talk to you for free. That's not a sales call. That's a, how can we help you make the next step call? Yeah. Our website book that free consult. And then we also have a couple free guides on our website. We have a free supplement guide. We have a free gut health guide. We have a free mindset guide that you can download all from our website. So one of those is a pop-up and then the rest are on our blog. Cool. Actually, if you want to send them over, I can, I can throw them into the show notes so people can check them out and um, get some amazing resources from you and your team done. I will do that. Awesome. All right. Well, it's been amazing to get to know you. I'm so glad that we're in Colorado together (laughs) and everybody go check out her website and all the resources in the show notes, because I know you're going to learn so much from Hallie and I will see you guys in a couple weeks on the next episode of the She Talks Health podcast. 
I hope this episode got you one step closer to achieving your optimal health. If you liked this episode, please spend a few seconds to rate it so more women can find this resource. Be sure to tune in for more women's health support next week on the She Talks Health podcast. And in the meantime, you can find me on Instagram or Facebook at She Talks Health. I have an open door DM policy. No question is stupid and I'm always here for you.